0: Welcome to Communicate Kindly, the podcast. I'm Mary Feldman. And I'm Karen McCormick. Let's have a conversation
1: about our conversations.
0: Hello, it's Mary here. Welcome back to Communicate Kindly, the podcast. The podcast that helps you to communicate kindly. Our last episode, which was episode 26, the No Do Day, inspired my husband, Todd Feldman, to sit down with Karen and me to talk about the research that he is doing around early detection of depression. Please note that neither Todd, Karen, nor I are medical or mental health professionals. Take a listen. Hey, Karen.
1: Mayor, how are we?
0: Oh, we are good. We are really good. So last week, we talked about the no-do day. And we got started talking about the no-do day because we were talking about being overwhelmed and taking time for ourselves and trying to be good to ourselves. And um, so one of our listeners listened to the podcast the day that it went out, which was last Monday, and got in touch with me to say that he has a lot to share on that topic. And that person is none other than my husband, Todd Feldman. Woo! So Todd Feldman is joining us on the podcast this day to talk about his takeaways from the No Do Day episode.
1: Awesome, Todd. Oh, You're always oh. welcome on our podcast.
2: It's 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 uh, I was looking back today about how many episodes you all have done. It's amazing. So what are we up to? We're at (laughs) like twenty seven or twenty eight.
0: Yes, we are.
2: My last my last cameo is episode eleven. I think it was on the the PB&J, Peanut Butter and Joy. Oh, uh,
0: wow. We are at two thousand downloads, believe it or not
1: oh my gosh, we're ready, we're ready. Um, Spread the word, get us uh, more publicity people. We wanna be out there making a difference.
0: That's right. So Todd, tell us uh, what some of your takeaways were after you listened to the No Do Day.
2: No, I mean, last week was awesome um, as they all are um, and all for different reasons, right? I reacted uh, last week to the um, discussion around being overwhelmed and no due days are all real good and got to be careful about not doing anything on no due days like you were saying and spending time on our phones and things like that, which cause underlying stress and anxiety. But one of the things that I've been doing this year and spending some time on, um, and Mary's well aware, not many people are other than I, those I talked to about this, is um, i'm working on a, a early detection of depression and anxiety um and so with aligned to the research that i've been doing and what you all have been what you all were talking about last week i've come to realize that just the everyday overwhelm that we have um can be a problem um and with how pervasive mental illness is depression anxiety other forms of mental illness but particularly talking about depression, anxiety, and anxiety in particular as well. It's just, it's almost like too much to not let it, because based on what I'm reading, it's too much to, to to let your last episode go by without me popping up and saying something about what I've heard and what I've seen in the work that I'm doing. So I'll, I'll right. uh, so, th- so that's, you know, we'll get into it. But that, that, that was my, uh, that was the reason for my, my dropping by uh on this one and and mary and i got to talking about it so
1: it's a great reason for dropping by
2: i I, like dropping by on you guys
1: i do i love having you we had you about 10 episodes ago and now we are going from peanut butter joy to (laughs) early detection of depression and anxiety i really want to learn about this todd And if we could understand it better, maybe it's going to help some of our own loved ones.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, and it's related to just the everyday stresses that we have, but, you know, clearly what we see as becoming, call it its own epidemic or pandemic, really. I mean, in a study I have here in Actually, in twenty in twenty was it twenty eighteen? The World Health Organization it was just published in this paper, but it's referring to twenty eighteen before the pandemic. Depression was the second com- most common de- disease projected by twenty thirty, and that was wow. before the pandemic and all of the trauma and being locked away and all of us experienced as a world, as a globe, wow. global community. Um, so think about think about where we are now after having a global pandemic. <laughs> Um, it's not funny. Um,
0: what's behind? What's uh, what's behind? What's number one? Just out of curiosity. Heart disease. Okay.
2: Um, the wow. second
0: after heart disease. Global globally. Is depression.
2: Yeah, it's depression.
0: Okay. Wow.
2: Um, and so when we talk about early, and I my my definition of early is different than what early has been. What you see in, in Google and Chat GPT or whatever search engine you're using, early is. You know we, th- those definitions usually talk about the, the, the symptoms that people are, are experiencing when it's there's already a little bit too much going on and it's a little too late and they're feeling a bit uh-huh. of a crisis going on. So, early for me is like well before, like when we think about when I think about early, I think about like we screen for cancer and we screen for heart disease, like we look at our bro- blood pressure at a doctor's office. Oh, uh, yeah, an annual checkup for your anxiety and depression and it's and your, or your mental state. And it's not, I'm not a big fan of, um, I think they're important. Uh, there's two tests that are out there. There's two, um, uh, research-based question-based tests called the PHQ-9 and the GAD-7. And the PHQ-9 is, um, generally about, uh, general, of uh, like mental depression, mental illness, and GAD-7 is general anxiety disorder seven questions. Um, And those um, are really actually instruments that were designed to to determine severity of symptoms, not whether symptoms exist in the first place. So but that's what we use right now is a screening tool. And um, so I'm looking at a biology based or biological based tool where we take the subjectivity out of it and we have an objective screening tool. Kind well, of like
1: a blood yeah. test, Todd?
2: Right now, so there are, there's some folks that are actually doing work with blood work or blood tests, but I believe, so blood tests are good. My biggest thing that I'm thinking about is it's got to be easy, low friction. We've got doctors that are also like, doctors that are at capacity. When you go to your primary care physician, there's right. a reason why you only get- They have
1: anxiety. Job.
2: They're, <laughs> they're burnout. Sure. I mean, it's a big problem in mm-hmm. healthcare. Um, and then we have the patient side too. So I'm not a scientist, I'm trying to learn a lot of this. And but as I look at it on the business side and I think about customer experience, in this case, patient experience, the doctor experience, and how we care for people, it's gotta be something for them and for the patient and everybody and the staff in the office. It's gotta be something that's super low friction. And Mm -hmm. doesn't take much more time than taking your temperature or reading your blood pressure, and that's what I'm looking at. And that may come in the form of some kind of saliva-based, call it saliva-based test. Um, And there are markers in saliva that may be able to be leveraged in that setting. So we'll see. But there's a lot of that's where a lot of work has to be done. But back to your the episode last week is is that overwhelm that we all feel or the stuff that we have going on in our everyday lives, that is a, like a roadmap to potential of depression. It could be, it could be in months, weeks. It could be in many years uh, down the line. um, And that chronic stress and chronic anxiety can lead to depression, which is why we have such an, uh, (laughs) we have such a crisis (laughs) around mental illness uh, because we're not doing anything about it to catch it way, 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 way earlier. But that's the reason why I was, my ears lit yeah. up on the, you know, everyday, everyday stress stuff and being overwhelmed is just we've got to be kinder to ourselves and take care of mm. ourselves. You all were talking about being mindful, mm-hmm. um, in the form of being kind to yourself.
0: So, how would it. this knowledge help if you were to go to the doctor? And find that you have a propensity towards anxiety or depression early. How would that relate to the topics that we talked about last week? Where what would what would that knowledge do for us in the realm I mean, and the day to so, day?
2: So we may, um, and I know I'm. I'll call it I'm. Um, one example i would say if i probably asked you guys um when you go to the doctor you know how often are you really having a conversation about your mental health if your normal day-to-day is like yeah i'm running around like crazy and my mom's dying or something's happening and uh we got sick relatives and we got sports we got to get the kids to that are both two ends of town and i'm trying to get dinner ready on the table and then there's a work problem and so and then we have our phones and all of the being being accessible to everybody. I'm
1: having post trauma hearing all this (laughs) because I just came out of that life about it two years ago.
2: Right, right. (laughs) So uh, we don't really talk and the doctor doesn't have time for it either. Like that's the other part of that is. So the the idea would be if there's something there that the doctor then tips the doctor off, it's, you know, you're, you know, you, we also don't know that our blood pressure is running high at times. And so, right. um, we want to get our blood pressure checked so we know we're not at risk of heart attack, um, but we don't check anything with our mental illness. So, or our mental health, I should say. So, um, the idea is that we want to create the intervening step for the doctor to say, Hey, I'm looking at your, bl- I'm looking at your blood pressure. I'm looking at your temperature, but I'm also looking at this, um, I'm looking at your mental health reading, your screening test. That's running a little high. Tell me what's going on. And the goal would be, okay. right? The goal or output of that would be some kind of intervening step that is not taking place today so that we can get someone to dial back the anxiety, okay. get back, you know, bring back. Corrective- or
1: medicate, <laughs> offer medication.
2: I mean, certainly medication is important i think the goal would be in early in these early if if we get it early early can we create some healthy lifestyle changes um okay. that right. aren't we aren't relying on prescribing medication i'm not again i'm i'm all for medication but the goal should also be can we can we head people off of having to get on an ssri a depression right. medication um, right. because sometimes getting on those medicines can be challenging, uh, mentally and physically, um, and not sometimes not pleasant. So, I mean, the, the benefits outweigh that risk, but, um, but the goal would be to certainly have people mo- be more mindful and breathe a little bit more and unplug their phone or do other things, play sports uh-huh. or get out and exercise. Uh-huh. Um, just like we say about, you know, we can give you a, a high blood pressure medication, but we would prefer you not being on high blood pressure medication.
1: Uh-huh. Right. No, that's pretty cool. I know sometimes, depending if my doctor has time, she may ask me, and I have a woman doctor, so it's a woman-to-woman conversation, you know, what's going on in your life? And she, you know, especially with me, I, I actually, I'll, I'll be very um, transparent. I have high blood pressure, I have high cholesterol, and I have... um have been on an SSSR for, am I saying it right, Todd?
2: An SSRI. Yeah, I've been on that reuptake inhibitor.
1: Okay, so I've been on the, the anxiety medicine since my twins were born. They're 21, almost, you know, for 22 years. And uh, the blood pressure, when I got on that, probably 10 years later and cholesterol, obviously those things run in my family and depression runs in my family, but not, not depression where it's like a debilitating depression. It's more of an anxiety. Mm. I think it's, I think it's a chemical makeup.
2: I I mean, there's, there is, there is, it's like a running your, I mean, just like cancer, just like heart disease, uh, anxiety, depression, is genetic so um,
1: you know i would i have known now looking back at my life i think i could have seen that i was prone to anxiety because i think i had anxiety all my life now i don't really um because i'm a, you know know how to deal with it
2: right but
1: i think that anxiety was leading to periods of my life where I didn't know, but I guess the doctor saw, like after the babies, the twins, and I had Lyme disease, that there was some form of depression there.
2: Yeah, that's another um, big one, right? So postpartum moms, um, this one of those, some of the groups I'm looking at, As you know, sort of early, call it in business speak segments, groups that would be early groups to look at for this adolescence, postpartum moms, and healthcare workers um you know they're going yeah. through a tough time and coming out of covid <laughs> certainly been through the ringer so it's it's uh it's creating greater awareness the harvard professor i referenced earlier and it's important to the conversation and why again i i said to mary like i, I want to talk about this um there's four state uh out of a, a 2017 study by a guy by the name of uh, dr of uh, uh, vikram patel at a harvard he came up with these four, he mapped four stages of depression. Um, and when you hear the names of them, they're gonna go, wow, and they're on the stages of depression. So a lot of people think depression's like a black and white, you either have it or you don't. And the whole idea is that depression, the symptoms usually of what depression are, is that you know deep, profound sadness. There's a psychiatric term called anhedonia. And without getting too technical, that's the, that's the feeling of like, I can't get out of bed in the morning. I can't, I cannot do the things that I funk, that are funk, you know, normal functioning. Um, but the reality is depression can lead up to that. Um, and so the four stages of depression, one, the first stage, stage one is called wellness, um, which is the absence of any sustained distressing emotional experiences. Stage two is distress. Which is mild to moderate distressing emotional experiences of relatively short duration. I mean, that sounds like our everyday, right? The everyday short distresses, uh, short experiences of of moderate distressing um, emotions. Depressive disorder severely—that's not stage three. Uh, um, severely distressing experiences lasting at least two to four weeks with impairment of social functioning, and then recurrent or refractory de- depressive disorder unresponsive or of relapsing depressive episodes. So as I look at the work that I'm doing and I hear about you all talking about what you talked about last week, you know, our goal as a society and as a, as our, and for ourselves and our community and the people that we care about, we want to keep people in wellness and we want to kind of keep them away from distress. Um, and we need to identify the fact that distress, what we all call everyday life stress, is just not healthy. Um, And too much of it, like anything, right? It's too much of it. You were saying, Karen, and I was listening to the episode before coming on today, you know, everything in moderation. Yeah, you're right. Everything in moderation, but too much distress. You know, we start to get into too much distress and then we start drinking alcohol too much and we start taking drugs and we start doing other things that become addictive behaviors. And then we have addiction and we have other things that happen. So it's just the awareness building around keeping people at one well wellness and keeping people from going in from distress to depression is just absolutely critical going forward.
1: I agree. I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think our society is ready for it now. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, mental illness more than we've ever done before
2: i think we're doing a better job talking about the stigma you know breaking down the stigma of it yeah
1: (laughs) you know and i do think a lot of it is the factors that surround us and the young people they're creating these illusions of how they need to be due to social media and other stuff like that. That's just like this unnecessary stress, social stress or social anxiety. I think all of that is so not needed when the caveman didn't have that. They were worried about their social anxiety was what am I going to have for dinner?
2: Well, we're getting killed by a T-Rex or whatever. I (laughs) I, I don't know what era of the world I'm in, but
0: it's the saber tooth, right. the saber tooth tiger, for <laughs> the caveman, not the T Rex.
2: But I'm doing a lot of research, so I need to now start on that kind of research. I don't know. I my, wonder. My, my yeah, my Todd,
1: I would love to know if uh. depression did depression exist back in those times when it was survival mode.
2: I mean, you know, you talked about it last week about fight or flight, right?
1: Yeah, so
2: I think what we've learned over time, and that's just the way our brains are wired about fight or flight. But the the problem is, and that's the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, when the sympathetic nervous system is on ten all the time or is constantly being right. tricked you yeah. know. So think about all this external noise and pollution oh, entering yeah. our brains, like with mm. social media or phones, or whatever. Um, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I do it. Yeah, um, I, I will say that I've gotten better and that this was the whole peanut butter and joy episode of talking about gratitude and things that like yeah. these are the things that i'm starting to learn about myself that you know was hoping you know talking about peanut butter i mean you know we're talking about peanut butter which is fun right right but the reality is like peanut butter is a joyful experience if you like peanut butter and we've got to as a as a community is like embrace peanut butter if you will embrace right, gratitude. Right.
1: Right, Because that's
2: what dials down. That's the stuff that dials down the sympathetic nervous system. Um, oh, yeah. So that's this is how we all connect, you know, to connect all this stuff together, including mindfulness and breathing and, you know, other yeah. things. What do you got there, Mary?
0: No, I was just going to say, if you don't know what Todd is referring to <laughs> about peanut butter, then you want to <laughs> go back to uh, episode 11, 11. yes. Go back to episode 11 and check it out. And then you'll be up to speed on what he's talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: But yes, I think that um, the difference from the cavemen is that they had their stress and then it went away. And we have these natural reactions that are fight or flight that we're supposed to have in our system to alert us to danger. We're not constantly in danger but our the response our body has from all the yeah. stress is as if we're in danger all the time and and okay. this is where we are now like we we do have an epidemic of anxiety and depression because we are not taking the time to decompress from these stress i am <laughs> you are now i uh, and I i'm ready I, to do it too one of these days but I'm even be off the treadmill
1: you could still do it within the overwhelming
0: and the chaos that's exactly right and that's yes. the point of all this uh, you know moderate. that's the point of a lot of what uh, part of what we're, our conversation is but i think the other part of this is that um it certainly makes sense that if you mentioned care that you think that there's a chemical component genetically that causes your anxiety and depression. And I think the same for myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's a test that can say, Oh, you are predisposed to have these conditions, be aware of that so that you can, monitor your lifestyle around that right wouldn't that be an awesome tool to have
1: right and and i have you know i think i'm very open about this that i've been on the quote unquote the couch a lot of times in my life i started Mm -hmm. working on myself in my 20s yeah my mid to early my mid to late 20s i and, think it's um, why
0: we're such good friends because we were both we've both been on this journey <laughs> since we've yes. known each other like really yes. and we did not we didn't think each other was weird we, we were like oh my gosh you're <laughs> you're like that too <laughs> right I,
1: and uh, and i remember you know getting um, a counselor or a psychologist i guess it was and on paper when you do these questions it showed that I had anxiety. And um, but I don't know if I would have done that if I didn't feel not myself. Mm-hmm. And I think females tend to be a little bit more aggressive with their, um, their awareness with their mind and body. And I don't know if um, males have the luxury of that or if it presents differently you know with women we could just say oh our hormones or mm-hmm. our kids or pregnancy um and and I've realized that sometimes depression shows up in ways that I wouldn't have known it to show up with other you know people you could still be laughing and smiling and being jolly sure but you could still be depressed
0: absolutely right. yes and
2: you know as I've talk to more people about um, what I'm working on. And, you know, I'm pretty candid about it when I'm talking to people, my own journey with depression is what led me to work on this. So as I talk to people about this, and I am pretty open about it at this point, because my story is part of what I'm starting. Sure. uh, The amount of people and it is overwhelming to me how many people then turn back to me. And I'm t- in a professional setting, we're having a conversation about business, sure. talking about the idea and how do we work together, whatever it is. And they share their experience or a loved one or something, uh-huh. but a lot of it's them. Um uh-huh. and as guys, you know, men, that's the other wild card in all this, which that's a whole other episode probably, but men in right. depression and men and talking about their feelings. Um, we have a lot of work to do as, as guys, um, right. and, uh, to talk about it because, you know, the other is like statistics show that more women have depression and mental illness right. than men. It could also just be that we are just underreported.
0: Right. Um, men don't <laughs> talk about it. Around that, yeah. but, you know, okay. Women will, yeah. 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 Women are more likely to embrace that and try to find an answer to it. I I think right. I, I would assume that I yeah. certainly don't. I'm not a professional in that, but I think that's probably the case. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, like, Kara, like you said about um, reaching out for help, going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist because you're not feeling well. But what if you kind of knew that that was a possibility before you started to not feel well? right? Then maybe
1: you would say, so uh, my point too, was I had several different counselors or psychologists throughout my journey. And and the last was a life coach. And um, all of them were just phenomenal. And I remember the one was a woman who made me stop and think about where my life was going and the minute i would get off of my routine or i would get off of the karen plan she would stop me and say be careful that's going to lead to Mm -hmm. your habits or Mm -hmm. and i still trust me i still don't follow all of it but i'm aware of it Mm -hmm. so like if i know um i'm you know not taking care of myself in the way of keep my house clean, laundry, exercise, food store, like all the basic stuff that works for me to stay balanced. If I am like involved in a project or when I was in business and I would put all that stuff on hold to accomplish another task, then I was taking my eye off of myself And it would lead to me feeling exhausted, which is depression or anxiety or whatever it is.
0: But, you know, I mean, it's.
2: Sorry, Mary, it's an energy suck. Mm -hmm.
0: But Um, I mean, and this is so important on what research you're doing, Todd, but also just the structure of our society of the Mm. 40 hour work week or more Mm -hmm. or you know the and and in the united states which is different than most of the rest of the world the lack of vacation time the lack of time off i mean it's designed that to make us crash we have right we have these stressors that we're eventually going to crash and if you are providing for your family there you don't have much of an option when it comes to you, i mean you you have to create that for yourself within the confines of the structures around you with your job and your other responsibilities but our society doesn't really embrace that to make it easier for people to be able I think they care themselves
1: the only somewhat but yet they work their tushes off somewhat is the education system because you get holidays you get summers off there's a but yet you're bound to the classroom or you're bound to the school all day right you can't make phone calls to the doctor you can't Freely say I have a doctor's appointment at two o'clock in the afternoon. So there really isn't a whole lot of flexibility out there.
0: There's not. No,
2: and I, no, and I, I mean, if you ask you all, we all have a friend that's a teacher, right, and been heavily involved in their school district for quite some time. And you know, if we were to ask her about how it is, you know, summers versus the full, full, full grind of a school year. And that full grind of a school year is unrelenting. For I would imagine that the summer doesn't give her the break that she needs, you know. And I would say of many teachers, and right. for the pay that they get, and you can go into all of those things. But um, shout out
0: to our friend Lisa.
2: Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And um, yes, I think love you,
0: love you, and can't you know, can't yeah. imagine what your days are like being oh a my teacher, especially now but um it's a str- it's a very stressful job and yeah you do get you get that time off in the summer but boy at what cost for the rest of the school year right so
1: what so, what country lives the best with the work family balance is it like sweden or
0: something like that i think those nordic countries tend to have it better Yeah. Than than we do. Yeah. I think. And are they. Norway, Sweden. I think they have it. Figured out a little better than we do.
2: And what about European cities in general? Aren't they better than we mm, are?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean. They're not as materialistic as we are either. mm -hmm.
2: There's the other pressure we put on ourselves.
1: right? Yeah. Right. Because then you got to keep working. You got to keep making money for the this and the that and the that and the Joneses. My grandfather always said don't keep up with the Joneses. Yes. And I think he had a damn good point.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So. For what, for, for what for us to be stressed out and depressed and filled with yeah. anxiety. And it's not, <laughs> it's not, no, I want to be a,
1: I want to be a caveman <laughs> living a no do day. <laughs>
0: with no T-Rexes or saber-toothed tigers nearby.
1: (laughs) Todd, keep us posted on the research and and this endeavor, the product, if and when it comes and how we can be a part of getting tested.
2: Well, it's going to be a while. (laughs) It's one of the things I'm learning, like healthcare system is slower than any other industry I've ever been a part of which um mm. so I had a guy today say to me you know what you normally are used to is probably two to five years it could be five to ten years um wow. but uh but you know this, I think it's important work and um you know I've not heard anybody talking about early screening as being early screening um yeah. early, we think of cancer and um yeah and I think part of that is just because the system, it's like the can't see the forest for the trees, right? We're so fixated on the, we're at dial 10 and we can't go broader to think, okay. how do we think about, like, how do we alleviate the system by offloading cases sooner? Um, mm. That's the other big opportunity for our healthcare system is to, is if we can create more prevention. This is what we're talking about um, and intervening moments. Then we save addiction centers. Perhaps we save other, you know, mental health professional okay. capacity and offload it to digital health solutions like the Calm app or other solutions that are out there that are mm-hmm. you know, you can use your voice on your phone and have it tell you how you're feeling and things like that, like and monitor yourself uh in a better way and then if something becomes a problem you go to see a therapist or a doctor or whatever but that's that's what we're trying to do is try to create uh, alleviate capacity create better health outcomes and alleviate capacity um are the two big ones
1: very cool very cool i
0: like it well thank you for <laughs> a little sharing, more than
1: what y'all for. hearing
0: all this and we're glad that our little conversation inspired you to share this information with the world,
2: uh, or at least I, with
0: I, our listeners.
2: No, I appreciate it and um, love the show. And um Thanks, every, Todd, every, yeah. every every week I'm cracking up at, the, at, you know, I'll listen to the podcast on my phone or on my ride somewhere in the car. And I'm, you know, since I know you both very well, I still cackle at <laughs> everything you're saying because it's... <laughs> It's so good. Todd, great.
1: you can come on anytime you want to. It's
2: if true. You, if you tease me with this, you know, you might just have me every day.
1: <laughs> There's room. I don't know about Mary, but you could if anytime if on vacation, he could be my fill-in. You could be like how when Kelly Ripa and her husband, like on the days that her co-host wasn't there, she would bring her husband. But then eventually her husband stayed on, right? That's
0: right. Yeah, now he's the, the real co-host, isn't he?
1: Yeah. It could mm. turn into the the Feldmans. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see.
0: Yeah,
2: that's where we draw our line.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Todd, you're great. I loved, you? I loved hearing all this. Thank you. Keep up that great work and, and continue Thank to help society. Thank you.
0: I'll see you down the hall.
2: (laughs) See you at the (laughs) dinner table.
0: I'll see you at the dinner table. All right. (gasps) Bye, Todd. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Here are the takeaways. Number one, the four stages of depression are wellness, distress, depressive disorder, and refractory depressive disorder. Todd notes that this is according to Harvard professor, Dr. Vikram Patel. Number two, perhaps early detection of depression can help us to intervene early to ensure that we don't suffer symptoms. Number three, too much distress in everyday life can lead to depression. Number four, managing distress with healthy behaviors can help us to manage depression. Number five, early intervention may help improve the capacity for mental health services and care so that everyone can get the care that they need. Number six, if you feel distressed, be sure to reach out for help before it reaches the further stages of depression. In addition, Todd asked that we pass along the following very important information in that regard. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, Help is available. Call or text 988 or visit 988lifeline.org. Thank you for listening and let us know what you think. You can get in touch with Todd at seismicwellness.com or on Instagram at Tfelds. And you'll find Karen on Instagram at Mom mccormick, and me on Instagram at Mary.feldman. And please share this episode with a friend. Rate and review it so others can find it. And be sure to follow us so that you don't miss an episode. When you communicate, communicate kindly and transform the world one conversation at a time.